Introducing McDonald's new $1-2-3 menu with favorites for $1, $2, or $3. Like the McChicken, the Bacon McDouble, the Happy Meal, and... A weekend getaway with the husband and kids? Uh, no. But the $1-2-3 menu could help you save for one. Especially if we leave the kids at home. With grandma, of course. Oh, yeah. Build whatever meal you want with favorites on McDonald's new $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, a book of miracles and more. 101 stories of angel, divine intervention, answered prayers, and messages from heaven. Good morning, Amy. Welcome back to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I am doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. It is always a pleasure to have you on the air with me, and especially this morning to kick off the new year talking about proofs of miracles happening every day to people from all walks of life. Yeah, it was a great book. I was just going through it again because, of course, I picked all the stories months ago, and so I was reacquainting myself with the stories today, and I was just blown away by how many stories were my favorite stories. (laughs) <laughs> they were terrific. I, I have to favorite. tell you that. I was going through, I was like, Johnny will want me to talk about my favorite. And then I circled about 20 of them. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, for the sake of our new listeners, as well as our loyal ones, let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of how Chicken Soup and You became the company it is today. Well, it's it's nice that you're asking that because this is a big anniversary year for us. On April 4th, it will be mm-hmm. 10 years since my husband and I and a whole bunch of friends and family members got together and bought Chicken Soup for the Soul from its founders, who were Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen. And at that time, the company was 15 years old, so... It's our 10th anniversary of managing the company, and this year is the 25th anniversary of Chicken Soup for the Soul. So it's 25 years since that first groundbreaking book came out. And my husband and I had actually come from a business and Wall Street background and also a technology background. We had worked together at a telecommunications company, and I had been on the boards of lots of different technology and telecommunications companies, and he had been very active in technology and in media. He's a lawyer by training, but he was he spent most of his career creating businesses and running businesses, not being a lawyer. And we put our talents together, and we're running Chicken Soup for the Soul together now. I'm in charge of the book business because my life has always been about writing, And he's in charge of all of our other businesses. And it's been an amazing journey for us. We work way too hard, but we love what we do. And so even though we work basically seven days a week, you know, 12 hours Mm -hmm. a day, and everybody tells us that we're looking good and we're looking happy and we're glowing and all of that. And so it's, it's really something. I mean, I'm 60, he's 65, and we're working harder than we've ever worked in our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are driven by passion, and the story in itself, it's a beautiful layup to what we're going to be talking about today, because it is about miracles. So, I mean, you two were at the pinnacle of your lives, and yet you decided to do something special, because it's just not a company. It's chicken soup. It's making a positive impact on people's life. And you guys took it to the next level. The things that you've done besides the book is just phenomenal. We do have a lot of other businesses. So when we got the company, the book business had been starting to decline. And I really tried to rejuvenate the books. And one thing I did, and this was just really simple, was that 
they had always been chicken soup for the something soul. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of limiting on titles. And so I changed it to chicken soup for the soul and then an actual title, which is why we can have chicken soup for the soul miracles and more, which we're talking about today and all the other really cool titles that we've had. So it really opened up the whole world to us in terms of topics. And then I also redid the interiors of our books. I restored the books to each having 101 stories because they'd gotten skinnier over the years. We kept the price the same. The price has been the same now for, I think, probably 15 years. It's 1495 mm-hmm. even though most books of this size would be 1995 And then another thing we did was we inherited a uh, a deal with a company that made dog food and cat food, and we took over that business. And Chicken Soup for the Soul Dog Food and Cat Food is really popular. It is a very high-end food, but just like our books being sold at you know a lower price than mm-hmm. the value really is, we do the same thing with the pet food. So it's a premium food, but at a you know consumer-friendly price. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we've also expanded because we realized we're not a book company. We are a storytelling company. And storytelling these days occurs on the internet, on your screen. And so we're telling stories now on the internet through our chickensoup.com website and also through a company we acquired called aplus.com, which is a positive journalism website. And we also are telling stories through our new television business. We have television shows on air. We also have a movie business. And so our our positive storytelling, all of the great messages we convey through storytelling now are on your bookshelves, but also on your screens. And so that's really great. We are trying to be very responsive to the new ways in which people want to receive all of these mm-hmm. positive, inspirational stories. That's fantastic. To me, that's the miracle that you contributed to Chicken Soup in itself because it's a wonderful brand name. And now you guys have really taken it to the very next level and beyond. So that's very, very exciting. Yeah, I guess our um, our business lives are filled with miracles because so many good things happen when your job happens to be at Chicken Soup for the Soul. You're just surrounded <laughs> by a lot of good energy all day long. I mean... We have such goodwill out there with our readers and now our viewers um, because who doesn't like Chicken Soup for the Soul? I mean, we put out these great stories. They're entertaining and also contain wonderful lessons. And it's it's great to work at a place where where all the people out there, where tens of millions of people out there like what we do and like our product. And it's great having such consumer awareness all over the world. I mean, if you... If you call the 800 number on the back of your credit card and you ask the person who answers the phone about chicken soup for the soul, even if that person is in Southeast Asia, she'll say, oh, yeah, I love chicken soup for the soul. So that's <laughs> nice to be to be part of something that is so important worldwide. That's right. So true. Well, coming back to the story at hand, miracles. I mean, you guys have done tons of miracles all the time, and this book is Nothing less short of that. How popular are stories about miracles, angels, encounters, and heavenly messages for chicken soup? We do so well with books on these topics. And that was one of the ways that changing the format of our titles allowed me to go and do all of these fun topics. And our writers have so many great stories about these really weird coincidences and miraculous things that have happened in their lives. And so we we put out at least one book a year on these Mm -hmm. topics. And so this miracles and more book has stories where it doesn't matter if you're religious or not, you could be completely not religious and you're, you would still be blown away by these stories because even if you just view them as incredible coincidences, they really make you think about the fact that good things do happen to good people and that, all of us, if we just keep our eyes open, will have these good things happen to us. And it's it's motivational, and it, 
it actually makes you happy to know that all of these good things are happening and that these weird coincidences are out there <laughs> giving people comfort, saving lives, helping diagnose you know, illnesses mm-hmm. that the doctors couldn't figure out. And I know we'll talk about some of those stories today and give examples, but the stories really are incredible. And I know they make me way more aware of the fact that every day, good things, weird things that are good are going to happen around me. <laughs> so you are just a magnet for miracles, right, to happen? <laughs> we just put out those those uh, emails on the internet, and we post the new topics on our website, and these stories just, they just come in in waves. I mean, we get probably 6,000 miracle stories submitted for a book like this. Wow. You know, we're overwhelmed with great stories. So, yeah, and it's really fun to read them, too. I mean, imagine how much fun our editors have reading one incredible story after another. It's um, it's a really great topic for us, and we will definitely keep doing one of these every single year. Having said that, the stories that ended up in the book, I mean, these are pretty much the best of the best, for lack of a better term, and really truly connects with thousands of the readers that are out there that are reading these books, and hopefully it will be impacted in some sort of miraculous, miracle way as well. Yeah, and then hopefully all of those readers will will send us (laughs) their stories for our next book. Yeah. You know, and we, we put in the back of each book, we tell you how to find out how to submit stories because we hope that people will be emboldened to say, oh, mm-hmm. you know, that thing that happened that I've never told anybody about because I didn't think anybody would believe me, maybe I will write it down and send it to Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's amazing how many of our writers say, I never told anybody about this before. I thought they would think I was crazy, but here's what happened, and it really did happen, and then we publish it. That's fantastic. What are the chapters covered in this book? Oh, my gosh. The chapters are so much fun. So the first chapter is about divine coincidences, and um, we'll talk about at least one of those stories. And then the second chapter is about messages from heaven, and these are signs that people have gotten from loved ones who have departed or sometimes are on their way, and they get a sign just as the person is passing away. And then the third chapter is about answered prayers. The fourth chapter is about divine guidance, just hearing that little voice in your head and going and doing something, and you don't really know why you're doing it, and it turns out to have been the exact right thing to do. The fifth chapter is about miraculous healing. And the sixth chapter is about coincidence again. It's about divine timing. And then the seventh chapter is about those everyday miracles that we you know, that we see if we just look around and, mm-hmm. and accept the good things that happen to us each day. The eighth chapter is about a topic that we've actually written two whole books about. It's dreams and premonitions. And it's amazing what people learn in their dreams. So we'll talk about that today. Mm-hmm. And the ninth chapter is about divine intervention. And then the tenth chapter is signs from above. So those are, again more of those heavenly messages. And then the 11th chapter is really about angels. It's a chapter called Heavenly Strangers. So it was really fun. I remember walking around my dining room table creating these chapters. So many of them have aspects of more than one chapter in them and just trying to decide, okay, which, which, how will I categorize this story? Even though the stories are so multifaceted that You could have a story that seemed to combine divine intervention, heavenly messages, angels, you know, all of these things combine in one story. (laughs) That's fascinating. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading Miracles and More? I just want them to gain a sense of wonder and an openness to the fact that life can be good. And even somebody who might be going through a hard time right now or is feeling depressed or you know, somehow just feels like the cards have been dealt wrong for them. Maybe reading these stories and reading about people who were going through their own hard times and then had these 
miraculous things happen to them will give our readers hope. And hope mm-hmm. is a really important part of what we deliver through our stories. So true. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, a book of miracles and more. 101 stories of angels, divine intervention, answered prayers, and messages from heaven. Amy, let's talk about some of the stories in the book. The very first chapter itself truly set the stage up for the entire book, Divine Coincidences, Finding My Truth by Sheila Qualis. This is such a great story, and the reason I, in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and More, was because I thought it was a great lead-in to the book, as you said, Mm -hmm. and I actually interviewed Sheila on my podcast and featured this story on the back cover of the book, and this is just an incredible story. Sheila was raised in Washington, D.C., and she was seeing um, somebody she calls a healer, and it was... um, part of Sheila's approach to treating the symptoms of a traumatic brain injury that she had suffered. And at one point, this healer, whose name was Kathy, and Kathy was very intuitive, Kathy said to her, could you possibly be adopted? And Sheila said, well, no one ever said that I was, and I have a birth certificate with, you know, the names of my parents on it. Mm -hmm. But I've always felt different from everyone else in my family. So that got Sheila thinking, so she asked her parents, and her parents became very evasive, so (laughs) she dropped the subject with them. And then her mom wanted her to go to some Christmas event with her, and Sheila didn't really want to go, and she was complaining to Kathy about it, and she said to Kathy, she'd really just rather go to a nice warm island somewhere. And Kathy said, well, I'll go with you, and so... Sheila really didn't know where she was going to go. It was only a month before Christmas, so this was really last minute. So she just said to the travel agent, just send me somewhere where the flight won't be more than three hours. So she didn't pick where she was going. The travel agent picked, and Sheila actually had to drive from Washington, D.C. to Philadelphia to catch a flight. And She went to St. Thomas. She flew down on Christmas Day, and then she would return on New Year's Eve because she could only get flights, you know, on those holidays. Mm-hmm. So she and Kathy went off to St. Thomas, and they didn't like the beach by the hotel that they were in. And so after the first day, they said, let's go to the other side of the island and find a better beach. So they drove to the other side of the island, picked some random place to have breakfast, went into this empty restaurant, and The hostess, for some weird reason, even though the restaurant was empty, seated them right next to another two ladies. And so they sat where she told them to sit, and they chatted. And then because they were right next to each other and the restaurant was empty, the four ladies started talking to each other. And they hit it off, and they talked for about an hour. And they never exchanged names, though. And then finally they exchanged names. And Sheila said, my name is Sheila Quarles. And this woman, this stranger said, I had a sister who was adopted by a Quarles family in Washington, D.C. And Sheila said, well, I'm from D.C. And then the woman said, well, my sister who was adopted had trouble with her feet and she had to wear special shoes. And Sheila said, I had trouble with my feet and had to wear special shoes. And then the woman said, and we heard she was modeling, but we didn't understand how with her foot problems. And then Sheila Mm -hmm. said, I was a model. Well, they realized that Sheila was sitting next to her biological sister, who she met totally at random on St. Thomas in a random restaurant. If they had been seated even two tables apart, they wouldn't have been chatting. And it turned out that her sister didn't even live on St. Thomas. Her sister lived on St. Croix and was just randomly on St. Thomas that day with a friend and had picked this restaurant at random. I mean, the whole thing should never have happened. Sheila should have gone the rest of her life without ever meeting her biological sister or answering this question about whether she was adopted. So Sheila abandoned her vacation in St. Thomas, flew to St. Croix with her newly found sister, 
met the rest of her siblings. And that's the story. It was pretty amazing. So now Sheila has this whole new family down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I just love the story. You know my connection to it in the sense that I was adopted at birth. And what my understanding is based on what my mom told me, my adopted mom, that is. And she was evasive, too, when I first asked her about my adoption. She told me that I came from a family of 10, and two of my older sisters were adopted out as well. And so I would love to one day experience what Sheila experienced. <laughs> yeah. It was fascinating. You should go do that 23andMe you know, or Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. That's how people mm-hmm. find their relatives now. Right, right. If all possible, I would love to one day run into my two sisters that were adopted. My understanding is one of them are in Australia and the other one is in England. And I'm here in the United States in Dallas. So it would be quite an interesting reunion, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and that means you're all living in English-speaking places, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really interesting. So... This chapter has another story that I really like as well, and it is the story about special delivery by Kathy Lynn Harris. Yeah, so Kathy and her husband had been trying to have a baby, and they couldn't, so they decided to adopt, and um, they were at the hospital waiting for the birth mother to give birth to their child, um, but there was a little backstory that she told, and that was that she had this grandfather named Grandpa Mac, who um, was a real favorite of hers. Actually, it was her husband's grandfather, and um, he had passed away, but um, her husband had gone and seen one of these spiritual massage therapists, and her husband had mentioned their pregnancy difficulties and this woman had said that she was that they that they were going to get a baby but not too soon and then when he asked her why this massage therapist said well i'm getting a strong message from your grandfather grandpa mac that you're going to have this baby so anyway then they thought that was just really funny and they used to joke all the time grandpa <laughs> mac you know where's our baby so anyway then they're in the hospital and you know they didn't choose the the doctor or anything, the doctor comes in for the birth mother and the doctor's last name is McIntyre, spelled exactly the same way as grandpa's last name is M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E, which is not the usual spelling because it was without the A. And so they just thought it was amazing that it was, you know, the doctor who delivered the baby had the same last name as Grandpa Mac. So it was just a cute little coincidence. I thought it was just fantastic. It reminded me a lot about what my mom told me when we had the conversation again. And this time I was already in the United States and it was like about eight to 10 years later when she finally told me the rest of the story, how I was adopted. And she did mention the fact that she had suffered a late-term miscarriage and that was the third one. It was a boy. She was totally devastated. Then she adopted another baby boy. The baby boy had lived for a month and then died. And it's like she was totally convinced that she's not able to bring up a baby boy. And she went to see a sage, a spiritualist. This spiritualist was telling her that this distant cousin on my father's side who kept on telling my mom that, don't worry, if this is a baby boy, it's yours. It's just resting in my womb. I've already made the decision to give the baby to you. And the spiritualist told my mom the same exact thing. And went on further to tell her that someday the time will come when this baby boy will have to leave your home and go as far as he could. The further he goes, the better off he will be. At 18, I had the opportunity to come to the United States. So it's just a fascinating story. In the book, I could relate to it from that perspective. That's why I chose that story. Well, I knew you would choose another story about adoption. So (laughs) I know you always choose those. Chapter two is another wonderful chapter, Messages from Heaven. And I love this as well because it really rings home to me in many ways. But I'll let you tell the story and I'll put in my two cents afterwards. The title of the story is The Love Bugs by Melissa Wooten. 
Yeah, so Melissa Wooten, um, she is one of our regular writers. She must have written, you know, two dozen stories for us now. And um, she started writing for us about losing her daughter, Kylie. Kylie died as a teenager in a car accident on her birthday. It was terrible. So in this story, Melissa tells us that their son, Joshua, had recently moved away. So now she and her husband were empty nesters. Um, But, you know, she enjoyed spending time alone with her husband. And so one night he said, let's go out for dinner. So they went out for dinner. um, And as they were getting in the car, there was a ladybug on the driver's door handle. Their nickname for their daughter, Kylie, was um, Kylie Bug. And so ladybugs were their signs from Kylie. That was how they had been coping all this time with these ladybugs. So when their son Josh moved away and then they got a ladybug, they thought, oh, it's Kylie giving us some comfort now that we're empty nesters. And then they, the ladybug um, landed on Melissa's chest and stayed there for a few seconds, and then she went and landed on Joey's chest, both times right over their hearts. And so, you know, that was a sign to them. Then they went to this restaurant, and the waitress called them you two love bugs, even though they were middle-aged people who were not, <laughs> you know, showing public displays of affection or anything. Then Melissa picks up her phone, and there's a picture of a ladybug sitting on a woman's finger, and it was illustrating one of Melissa's stories that had turned up on the internet. I mean, maybe it was one of maybe it was one of our chicken soup for the soul stories. Maybe we featured one of her stories on our daily newsletter. I'm not sure. And um, and then they uh, stopped for gas, and Melissa looked at her phone again, and there was a message from their son with a photo, and the photo was of a ladybug on their son's jeans, the son who had just moved away. And the son was indoors. He had been in his apartment all afternoon watching television and even though he was indoors and had been for hours, he looked down and all of a sudden he found a ladybug sitting on his leg. So that was her story, just about all these different ladybugs that showed up just when she needed them. I know you talk about this book in terms of, well, perhaps people that are religious may connect to it a lot more. I feel like this book really sort of gives us the opportunity to look into the unexplained from the perspective of we believe what we want to believe. and. This book is in no way leaning towards someone being religious or anything. It's just being spiritual. There are things out there that we can't explain. Sometimes if we think about things that reminds us about love, looking through the lens of love, and we pay attention, the silence around us will reveal the answers that we're looking for. And this is just a beautiful story from that perspective in terms of showing us our loved ones are right with us. Yeah, I think that... I I really try to make these books work for religious people and non-religious people Mm -hmm. because all of us, no matter religious or not, all of us refer to miracles in our lives. Right. So this book is for everybody, which is the way all of our Chicken Soup for the Soul (laughs) books are. They're They're all for everybody, religious or not. Fantastic. Chapter three, Answered Prayers, The Cell Phone by Kelly Cowell. This is a wonderful story. So here's another one with somebody who had lost a child. Kelly lost her son who was in the military. And as many of, as many mothers do after they've lost a child in the military, she actually volunteered now. She had a nonprofit that worked with wounded warriors. So one day she had taken some veterans out on a boat, her boat, and then she docked her boat, and then her cell phone slid out of her pocket and right into the water. And she thought, well, that's okay because everything's backed up. So she went to the Verizon store to get a new phone and discovered that she had only backed up her contacts and she had not backed up her photos and videos because they were on a SIM card that was in her phone. She never backed them up onto her computer. So they were pictures and videos of her son. And, of course, that those, those were irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. So she felt horrible, the salesman could see how devastated she was. And he said, look, sometimes if you can get a SIM card out of water in no more than two hours, 
we can recover whatever is on it. So try. So she drove to her friend's house. Her friend had a swimming pool. She grabbed that net that you use to, you know, get stuff out Mm -hmm. of the pool, went back to her dock, jumped into her boat, went out to where she thought the phone had gone in the water, said to her mom who was watching, you know, pray as you've never prayed before, dipped that net into the water, and on the very first try, even though the net had some holes in it, she pulls up all this mud, the mud and everything filters through the net, including the big holes, and the phone is in the net. It was just incredible. She grabbed the phone, ran to the phone store. They dried off the SIM card, and they saved her photos and videos. So it was just like reading a suspense story, you know? Mm-hmm. But she pulled mm-hmm. it off. I, I, was, I was really impressed and really happy for her. I chose that story simply because these are stories that, even though all of them that are in the book are truly remarkable, but stories like hers truly sets the stage for what are the chances of you finding the cell phone. That's just phenomenal. Yeah, they also make you realize it's worth trying. It's always worth trying. You know, you're never going to regret trying but you're always going to regret not trying. So, so true. I think that that showed us, like, really, it's what I said before, good things can happen to good. It was amazing that she found that phone in all that silt at the bottom of that pond in the very first scoop mm-hmm. so that she could get it back to the Verizon store within the two-hour window. Chapter four, Divine Guidance. This is a real cute story, and I love to talk about romances, and this is a wonderful one. All in the well, timing. <laughs> you, you picked another one that I featured on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. You actually picked a lot of stories that I featured on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. So we, we, have the same, uh, <laughs> we have the same taste. I mean, obviously, I picked all 101 stories, but there were certain ones yeah. that I thought lent themselves to storytelling on a podcast. So right. here we are with Lisa Lucidian's story, All in the Timing. And so her story is really cute because she had put down a deposit on an apartment um, on the New Hampshire coast. She had always wanted to live you know, on the seacoast in New Hampshire, and she was living in a Boston suburb but wanted to get out of there and wasn't currently employed. So she put down the deposit. She went back to the Boston suburb. She packed everything up. She's looking at all the boxes ready to go. And then all of a sudden, she just has this feeling that she shouldn't move. And she doesn't know why. So she drives back to New Hampshire. She apologizes to this landlady and says, I'm really sorry, I can't move here after all. The landlady miraculously gives her back her deposit, which was awfully nice of her. (laughs) And then Lisa goes back to this Boston suburb. And then another miracle occurs. She's offered a six-week job working at a small weekly newspaper in the town. So she goes to this job, and she does it for six weeks. And then on the very, very last day of this temporary job, she meets this guy who works there, um, bearded young man about her age, very serious. He had been looking at her apparently the whole six weeks, but he was too shy to say anything. But then when the very last day came along, he had to say something. So he invited her out for coffee. Well, sure enough, they ended up falling in love, and they got <laughs> married, and they did end up moving to the seacoast after all, but this time she moved with this man who obviously fate wanted her to meet. And so I thought that was a really nice story about listening to that inner voice and even when mm-hmm. it doesn't seem reasonable, going with that gut feeling. And she did it, and boy, was that life-changing for her. <laughs> It's just a wonderful story. So for all you singles out there, don't give up. It's all in the timing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It was it was a really nice story. I was very happy for her. Wonderful. Chapter 5. This is fantastic. Miraculous Healing. Something Powerful Happened by Ellie Braun Haley. So this is one of those stories that falls into the category of, I can't believe this happened to me. 
I'm afraid to tell anybody because they'll think that I'm just wacko. But anyway, <laughs> Ellie, who writes a lot of stories for us, shared this story, even though it does seem so incredible. And what happened was her sister had had a hip replacement and she was, you know, back home recovering and Ellie was visiting her to help out and Ellie felt her sister's leg and it was so swollen that it felt like it was made from wood. And that is not good. Obviously, she had a really bad circulatory problem. So Ellie had been reading some random chicken soup for the soul book that had been left in the guest room. And Ellie had read a story in this book about healing. And so she thought, well, let me try what I read about in this story because it was something incredible that had happened to someone else. So she said to her sister, I know this is crazy, but I'm just going to try what was in the story. And so she rubbed her hands together for about 15 seconds And then she held them an inch above her sister's very swollen leg. And then she just started moving her hands back and forth above her sister's leg. And this really weird thing happened. And she and her sister both felt this weird energy pulsing between the leg and Ellie's hands. Mm -hmm. And the swelling went away and her sister felt better again. And then later that day, a friend came over and the friend had just had a biopsy done on her neck and she was in a lot of pain. And Ellie's sister said, do that thing, do that thing to her. (laughs) And Ellie was so embarrassed, but then she did it again to the friend. And I don't know if it's just the power of the mind believing it, but the friend felt better too. Mm -hmm. So whether it was the power of their minds that made them heal or something in Ellie's hands, it was still a really cool way to cause healing in somebody who was suffering. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story. If we believe in energies, that we are made of energy, and that story is just beautiful because it validates all those work that the Reiki masters do, and they are the ones that are experts in realigning energies within our body. And I chose that story because of my background in martial arts. We learn a little amount of energy movement within ourselves to heal us when we get hit and so forth. And so I thought that story was just powerful enough because you have to believe in what you're doing. And she obviously did. And it works. It validates what she believes in. Everyone ended up being a believer from that perspective. Yeah, whatever works for people is worth doing. So this was a great example of something that people could try. I mean, Ellie got the idea from A Chicken Soup for the Soul story. Now Mm -hmm. she's passing it along to additional readers through writing her own Chicken Soup for the Soul story about it. So true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, and TuneIn Radio. My guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a wonderful conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, a book of miracles and more. 101 stories of angels, divine intervention, answered prayers, and messages from heaven. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, chapter 6 is truly amazing, and the story that I love is just truly remarkable. I mean, to me, there's no other explanation for it, like what the title itself said, Divine Timing. And the story is The Call by C. Solomon. So she was um, in high school, or middle school, but anyway, she was a student in Germany. Her dad was um, posted to Germany. And um, her mom waited for her the bus stop one day because, you know, Germany is several hours ahead of the United States. And so it happened to be September 11th, 2001. And so this stop, her mother is waiting for her, which was unusual, but her mother went to pick her up because the first plane had just hit. And they drove home, you know, the short distance to home, got walked inside, and the second plane hit. So this girl who, you know, normally didn't remember anybody's phone number, for some reason felt this incredible urge to call her grandfather who lived in Virginia. And her mom said, no, don't call him. You know, call him later when he gets home from work. But the girl decided, no, I'm going to call him anyway. And 
and she didn't have to ask her mom for the number because miraculously the number popped into her head and she miraculously remembered how to make an international call from Germany. And so she dialed and her grandfather picked up a cell phone, which he had been about to turn off because he was standing in line at the Pentagon to go through security to go in to go to his office. So he got out of the line to talk to his granddaughter. You know, he walked far away from the building and talked to her for a while. He had to walk far away to get better cell reception. And um, while he was there talking to her, that plane hit the Pentagon, and it hit right where his office was. So he would have been in his office because he had already been talking to her for several minutes. So her phone call to her grandfather saved him from being in his office in the Pentagon in the exact part of the building that the plane hit. She got 14 more years with her grandfather before he passed, all because of that phone call. It's truly just an amazing story. And those are the kind of things that you have to believe it as it is. Because one of the things I'm sure that you guys have a lot of challenges too when someone writes in and tell you the story, how do you really sort of validate that? In this particular situation, that's divine timing. That's all I have to say. I actually met the writer. She uh, uh-huh. she wrote a story for our military families book, and mm-hmm. she and I went together to do something at the USO headquarters in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. last mm-hmm. year. So I actually know this writer. Um, And so, you know, I I know her history. I know she was a self-described military brat. Like, I I know her. I know that this is absolutely a true story and and just amazing, an amazing example of divine timing. Yeah. This one, I mean, there's no gray area. (laughs) It's like, this is it right here. Yeah, this happened. She saved her grandfather's life. Truly amazing. Wow. Chapter 7, Everyday Miracles. Cute story, The Yellow Balloon by Candy Schrute. Yeah, this is such a cute story. I was so happy to put this in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles, and more because it's it's nice to have these light stories also. Mm-hmm. And this is so adorable because her little four-year-old was, you know, whining for attention one day. So um, her mom, in desperation, gave her a yellow balloon. And so then, of course, she carried the yellow balloon around with her and had it in the car. And then her little girl opened the car window and the balloon went flying out. And then, of course, she was four. She was devastated. But then she announced to her mom that she knew the balloon would come home, even though it had gone out the window of the car three miles away from their home. But she kept reassuring her mom that the balloon would be back. And then three weeks later, they were sitting in the dining room And all of a sudden, her little girl stood up and went to the front door and opened it, and there was a yellow balloon. And the little girl bent down and said, I knew you'd come back. And then she grabbed the balloon and took it into her bedroom, and and her mother could hear her talking in there to her long-lost friend. So how this little girl had the faith that her balloon would come back and how she knew the balloon was outside the front door and opened the door mm-hmm. at just the right moment to grab it before it, you know, blew somewhere else. And how, obviously, it was a new yellow balloon, not the existing, not right. the original one three weeks later, but how a yellow balloon happened to come by, I mean, it was the craziest thing. <laughs> but I just thought it was a wonderful story to share with everybody. And it's about faith and hope. That's it. Yeah. If you believe hard enough, it will happen. It was, it was very sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chapter 8, Dream and Premonitions. This is a topic that you had mentioned before where there are literally books that's been written for this topic. And this particular one is just another fantastic story. Phone Calls at Midnight by Sabrina Forrest. Yeah, this was really cool. Um, Sabrina was in college and she was really stressed out. She had a lot of work to do. And on top of that, her sister Sarah, who she had been accustomed to seeing every day, had moved halfway across the world, I think, to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And so she really missed her sister, and she hadn't talked to her for weeks. And then one night while she was studying, 
Sabrina fell asleep and she had this dream. And in the dream, she saw her sister, Sarah, and her sister, Sarah, was weeping bright red tears and was saying goodbye to her. And there was a beach behind her. And Sabrina woke up and, you know, her heart was just thumping in her chest. And she immediately picked up the phone and called her sister, Sarah. And Sarah answered and said, wow, you're you're calling me at a strange time. It's past midnight. Are you all right? And Sabrina said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just wanted to talk to you. And so they talked for a long time. In fact, it ended up being almost an hour. And then Sabrina said, oh, my gosh, have I been keeping you from something? Because, of course, it was daytime mm-hmm. where her sister was. And her sister said, oh, don't worry about it. I missed my bus to take your phone call, but that's all right. I'll just take the next bus. And um, and then her sister called her back. Her sister in Thailand called her back um, later, and it was nearing midnight in Thailand. And Sarah picks up the phone. Uh, Sabrina picks up the phone and hears Sarah crying. And Sarah tells her that when she missed that bus the other day to answer the call, that was a miracle because that bus had been in an accident with a truck while passing the beach and there were no survivors. Now remember the dream was her sister crying red tears, saying goodbye to her with a beach in the background. So by calling her sister and making her miss her bus, she missed that bus that had an accident at the beach in which there were no survivors. So that was Mm -hmm. another really amazing incident of a phone call saving somebody's life. Yeah. What's interesting about this story is that I am from Malaysia, so I know how the system works, the bus system works in Thailand and so forth. And these are scheduled buses. And if you're working, you do want to catch a specific bus at a specific time. So the phone call came in right on time just to deter you enough to sort of mess up your schedule and not being able to catch a particular bus. If not, you will be sitting in that bus every day, day in, day out. So it's truly remarkable. And the moral of the story, in a way, to me, is that if you ever feel something from your gut, something that doesn't sit comfortable, don't wait. Just act on it. Yes, definitely. Always. This is what we see over and over again in our Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, that you've got to listen to that little voice, that gut feeling, that mm-hmm. strange, scary dream, because so often people act on these And even though they're a little embarrassed to be acting on these premonitions, it turns out that acting on them is the right thing to do. So true. Chapter 9, Divine Intervention. This is a cool one as well. One Rainy Morning by Jeannie Ivey. You picked another one that I talked about on the Chicken Soup (laughs) for the Soul podcast. (laughs) So in this one, uh, Jenny is visiting her friend Alice. And she forgot to plug in her cell phone the night before. So when she wakes up in the morning, she says, oh, shoot. And so she plugs it in, um, and she decides that, you know, she'll just plug it in, eat a quick breakfast with her friend, and then she's got to hit the road because she's got to drive like 100 miles, and she has a full afternoon of appointments ahead of her. So she plugs in the phone. She has breakfast. Then she she gets ready to go. It's raining outside, so her friend Alice walks her out to the car because Jenny has forgotten her umbrella. She left it in her car where we all keep our umbrellas, right? They're always in the car Mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. we need them. And so uh, she's walked out to the car and, you know, Alice behind her so she can just go right back inside. Jenny gets in the car. She starts driving away and then she realizes, oh, shoot, I left the cell phone in the charger. (laughs) So she's already driven a long way but she's got to go back and get the cell phone. So she turns around and goes back, and she knocks on the front door. There's no answer, but it's still unlocked, so she opens it, and she walks in, and she finds her friend Alice lying on the ground, and Alice manages to say to her that she was stung by a bee. She can barely speak. She's having She's in anaphylactic shock, but she goes, wasp sting. Epi pens in the medicine cabinet. So Jenny rushes to the medicine cabinet, finds the pen, 
have never done this before, says to Alice, what do I do? Alice told her how to take it out and plunge the needle into her upper thigh. So Jenny did it, and that saved Alice's life. So here's all the things that had to happen. Mm -hmm. Jenny had to forget to plug her phone in the night before. Jenny had to leave her umbrella in the car. So that Jenny would forget her phone in the morning, and so that Alice would have to walk her out to the car, thus leaving the front door unlocked. So Jenny realizes she's forgotten the phone, goes back, the front door is unlocked so she can get in and save her friend Alice just in time by getting that EpiPen. If the door had been locked, she could, she wouldn't have been able to get back in. The door was only unlocked mm-hmm. because she had forgotten her umbrella, and she mm-hmm. only went back because she had forgotten her phone. So uh, maybe this is a story about how it's good to forget things. <laughs> but anyway, all of these things had to come together in order for her to go back and save Alice. Otherwise, Alice would have yeah. died. Yeah. What I like about it is, again, is one of those things that sometimes you're right. We tend to forget things and we get all upset. There are reasons behind it. And if we look around enough or we just sit down and contemplate, there are beautiful things that's happening. It's funny because it's like someone, something is playing tricks on you. And it's for your own benefit or someone else's benefit somehow, somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that story. That's why I featured it on the Chicken Soup for the Soul <laughs> podcast. Chapter 10, and this is a beautiful, enduring story, Signs from Above, Just a Rose for Mom and Me by Dennis McClaskin. We get these stories Um, fairly often about strange things happening in nature that Mm -hmm. um, really act as reassuring signs from heaven. And so in this case, Dennis talks about how his mom raised him. Um, His dad had uh, not been a good guy. And so it had just been his mom and him. And Um, eventually his mom had remarried and they had a nice little house and they had a lot of wild rose bushes all around the house. And his mom just loved these wild rose bushes. They weren't, you know, those prize roses. They Mm -hmm. were just the natural ones. And his mom even had him dig up a few of them and transplant them into his backyard at his home. Anyway, um, One year, he was visiting his mom. It was just before Christmas, and she was talking about how she was looking forward to spring when she could smell her roses. Dennis went home, gets home, and he gets a phone call immediately telling him that his mother had just died at the age of 63 from an aneurysm. So this was a complete shock. He was just a mess. His wife and his cousins handled the funeral. The only request that he had for the funeral, the only thing he could even think of in his dazed state was that he wanted a lot of roses at the funeral. He didn't want anybody sending or bringing any flowers that were not roses. Every flower had to be a rose for his mother. And he went into a a room right before the funeral started and he asked his mother to send him a sign that everything was going to be okay. Then they had the funeral. He goes home, gets out of the car. Now remember, it's before Christmas. It's December. So nothing is happening outside, right? Except Mm -hmm. he looks over at this scraggly wild rose bush that's in the middle of his front yard, this rose bush that he had transplanted from his mom's yard. And it has one perfect pink rose on it it had bloomed in the middle of december in his yard and so he had to tell us that story and we had to publish that story (laughs) it's a beautiful story having lost my mom and having such a connection with her when i say this it's interesting one would think like oh wow i see my mom every day and we talk all the time and it's not true because I spent the first 18 years of my life with her. And then when I came to the United States, it took me 15 more years before I went home to Malaysia. And within that time, the first time we met each other was eight years after I had left Malaysia. But when she passed away, I was there when she took her last breath. And that whole sort of uh, experience 
changed me or touched me in a very special way. And during that whole process of grieving during the first five days and so forth, talking about the ladybug in the previous stories and whatnot, my sister and I both had the privilege of seeing this beautiful moth. It's difficult to relate to, but it makes certain connections in your life that really change your life forever, knowing that your loved one is still looking after you and is there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't had experiences like that, but I I know many people who have and who have gotten a lot of comfort from them. Yeah, yeah. And the final chapter, Heavenly Strangers, Don't Take It Back by W. Bond. This is a wonderful story as well. Yeah, so this woman, Wendy, um, her husband fell off the roof. He was up there doing something with the roofer. And he fell off the roof and was, you know, badly injured. And Wendy, unfortunately, was a thousand miles away at that time. So she, you know, rushed to the airport, booked a flight, uh, rushed home, got home, you know, late at night, took a taxi to the hospital. She was dropped off at the emergency room entrance, but then found out that her husband had been moved to the trauma ICU. So she walked around the outside of the building to the front entrance, went in there, and, you know, she was totally out of it. I mean, she couldn't even understand. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, when you walk into the information desk and they tell you, like, how to get to the place you're going down a million hallways and three elevators <laughs> and follow the blue line and then follow the yellow line, and, you know, it's impossible to find your way around a hospital when you're dazed and confused. So she just looks blankly at the security guard while he's telling her how to get to the ICU. But there was this nice elderly gentleman there, and he said, I know where to go, so I'll take you there. And he introduced himself as Pastor Holland. So he went with her, and then he prayed with her, and he stayed with her for hours. And he put his hands on the top of her husband's head and prayed and did all those healing things. And he was such a great comfort to her. And then he gave her his phone number, and they both left the hospital about 7 in the morning. And when when Wendy returned two hours later, the nurse said that she had just missed her pastor. And Wendy said, oh, no, that's not my pastor. I thought he worked with the hospital. And the nurse said, oh, no, we've never seen him before. We thought he was your pastor. <laughs> well, anyway, then Wendy tried to find him. She took the phone number. Mm-hmm. She took his name. She went on the Internet. She searched, and she looked everywhere. No Pastor Holland could be found anywhere. And he hadn't signed the um, sign-in notebook at the main Mm -hmm. entrance of the hospital either. So anyway, um, she finally gives up looking for him. A week later, she's back at the hospital with her cousin, and there he is. He's standing there just (laughs) when she needs him uh, because she's going there to be there while her husband goes through his first surgery after the terrible accident Mm -hmm. when he fell off the roof. So the pastor is there to be with her again. And then the pastor says to her cousin, take good care of our Wendy. She's very precious to all of us. Well, those were the exact words that Wendy's mother had written in a letter 37 years ago. So Wendy took that as a sign from her mother Mm-hmm. that everything was going to be all right for her husband. Um, and her husband is fine. It's four years later now, and he's doing great. But anyway, I thought that was a cool story. And we do get stories like that frequently from people who, in a funeral home or in a church or mm-hmm. in a hospital or at an accident site, come across somebody who says that he's a member of the clergy and then disappears and nobody knows who he was and everybody says no there is no such person so we do get those a lot so i was happy to get one of those to publish in chicken soup for the soul miracles and more fantastic is there a story that moved you the most i like you know i really love these dream stories uh, Mm -hmm. because i just think it's amazing how our subconscious knows so much stuff that we're too busy to listen to when we're awake but We listen during our dreams. And so here's a really cool one. It's um, story 67 in the book. It's called In My Dreams, and it's by Mary Abels. And in this case, Mary's husband is in the hospital, and they're just running one test after another on him because he's had 
an excruciating headache for four days. Um, and actually now a week has gone by with them running tests, and they still don't know what's wrong with him. And she's sitting by his bed in the hospital, and she falls asleep. And in the dream, she sees this stick figure of a man lying in a bed. And then all of a sudden, she realizes her husband has shingles. She -hmm. wakes up, and then in the morning, the doctor comes into the room and says, good morning. And he's reciting all the tests that her husband is going to get that day. (laughs) And then she says, do you think he could have shingles? She just blurts it out because she's kind of embarrassed because it was just in a dream. The doctor looks at her. And he gets this look on his face of realization. And he runs off down the hallway. And then she walks by the nurse's station and she hears the doctor on the phone saying his wife thinks he has shingles. And they order the test for shingles. And sure enough, that's what her husband has. They give him the right medicine for shingles. He's released from the hospital the very (laughs) next day after being there for a week of them not figuring out what he has. And so Mary's lesson from that is listen to your dreams because you right. you know stuff. You know stuff that you don't know that you know, you know, and it comes mm-hmm. to you in your dreams. Mm-hmm. So true. What can we expect from Chicken Soup in 2018? Well, we're, we have a bunch of great new books coming out. Um, we have My Amazing Mom coming out in March, and we're very excited about that. Uh and you have a story in that book. Uh, then we have a really fun book. It's a it's a book called My Crazy Family coming out in <laughs> April, and it's and it's not snarky. It's loving. It's about the wacky, <laughs> lovable relatives that we have. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and then we have a book that I'm late getting to the printer. Uh, we have a book coming out May first called The Empowered Woman, and I'm still editing the stories, but it's great, and it's very relevant today with women feeling. Mm-hmm. a little bit of stress and feeling like we're not quite as far along as we thought that we were. And so I think these stories will be very inspirational and make, you know, they're stories where women are talking to women and um, we're all helping each other out. And then we have a bunch of other great books coming out this year. We have one called The Miracle of Love, which I'm really excited about. We have one called The Power of Yes, all about stepping outside your comfort zone and making a policy of saying yes to new things. Mm-hmm. And in September, I'm putting out a really cool book with Dr. Mike Dow, who's a very popular psychologist who's on a lot of different television shows regularly. He's very practical in the way he does therapy, and he really uses practical techniques to help people overcome whatever their issues are. And we're doing a book together where we're going to take chicken soup for the soul stories and show how our writers use cognitive behavioral therapy to become their own therapists. And Dr. Mike Dow is going to talk to our readers about how they can solve problems themselves using these chicken soup for the soul stories as great examples. So we have a really fun year ahead of us. And those are just half a dozen of the books coming out this year out of a total portfolio of maybe 10 or 11 books. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. I'm looking forward to all of them. What wonderful recipes would you like to share with our listeners this morning as we close the show? Well, I I always know you're going to ask me about my recipes for living, (laughs) and I was so inspired by Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and More. And so one of the recipes, I think, is what Sheila Quarles did when she talked Mm -hmm. to the women at the table next to hers, and that is to make sure to reach out and make those new connections you can't go wrong when you reach out and make new human connections. And then another thing is don't resist the impulse to reach out to somebody you already know the way that C. Solomon did when she called her grandfather on 9-11 and saved his life. And another is to go with your gut feelings. Don't, don't ignore your gut feelings. Like it's worth listening to that little voice in your head and going with it because that also might save a life or save your life or result in you meeting somebody. Another thing is accept that gift of divine intervention. Like when it happens, don't turn it away, accept it, Mm -hmm. follow it, and be aware that it might happen again. And then finally, listen to your dreams 
And I can't say that often enough because I've learned so much from the two Chicken Soup for the Soul books that we've put out about dreams. Dreams really are your own brain telling you stuff that you already know that you're just too busy to listen to while you're awake. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning, March 8th. My guest will be Judy Hoberman. She is the executive director of the Walking on the Glass Floor Foundation and president of Selling in a Skirt. Judy and I will be having a conversation about her passion in helping women live her skirt philosophy and her latest book, Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Leadership Qualities for Women. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Bye-bye. thinking I'm Pete, but now they mean everything to me. On March 9th... Hey, Pete. Take us to me $11 million. You got 72 hours before we start clipping your family. If we don't do what these guys want, we're all dead. Every con... There are too many secrets in this family. ...has consequences. So how are you going to pull this off? If you say go tonight, they will go tonight. The new season of Sneaky Pete returns March 9th on Amazon Prime Video. Season 1 available to stream now. Introducing McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu with favorites for one, two, or three dollars, like the McChicken, the Bacon McDouble, the Happy Meal, and a weekend getaway with the husband and kids. Uh, no, but the one, two, three dollar menu could help you save for one, especially if we leave the kids at home with Grandma, of course. Oh, yeah. Build whatever meal you want with favorites on McDonald's new one, two, three dollar menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.